Welcome to the final edition of the Sports Block Podcast for the year 2021. Nathan Stack in here with you. Uh, unfortunately, my good friend, co-host of this podcast, Travis Krins, we didn't uh, our schedules didn't align this week, so no Travis this week. So it's going to be a shorter podcast. Uh, Travis will be on next week, and so uh, it'll be the first podcast of 2022. So we look forward to that. Uh, hopefully everyone had a very Merry Christmas and uh, you all have a safe and happy New Year. You know, normally we begin these podcasts with, uh, you know, talking about the Vikings and how, you know, they they blew a game that they should have won. Or, you know, just just time and time again, the Vikings doing something that they that they shouldn't. That's been the theme of this year. Now, the Vikings lose 30-23 to to the L.A. Rams. They Never had a lead in this one. The The U.S. Bank Stadium was relatively quiet and stuff. And we could talk about that a little bit later on in, in the podcast. Um, uh, unfortunately, we have just very sad news to discuss. And it's that John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. Legendary uh, head football coach of the Oakland Raiders. Legend, beyond legendary broadcaster and famous for his video games. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the the generation, you know, today's generation, today's youth know knows of John Madden from his video game from EA Sports, and you know, Mad. I mean, I remember playing Madden '94 on the Super Nintendo at my grandparents' house time and time again. Uh, Play, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or the Buffalo Bills. I mean, those were the two teams that were so good uh, on that game. Uh, oh, this is John Madden for EA Sports. If you go on Twitter, the 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 eulogies, the the outpouring of just profound sadness uh, can be felt. Uh, so many people saying rest in peace to a legend and that's what John Madden was and I don't think words can appropriately describe you know just truly what he meant to the game of football how he saw uh, an avenue to increase the popularity because make no mistake about it the Madden football um, monopoly uh, or the, the Madden game has certainly helped with the popularity of the NFL and you know the, and Madden in his broadcasting there's no one like him there will never be a color analyst like John Madden uh with you know either talking about turducken or you know some of his Maddenisms you know just talk about oh here we go he just you know would circle a bunch and just talk and you'd be like what the hell is John Madden talking about but it was still John Madden and you loved it, loved him, and respected him. Um, so it is just an incredibly sad day. Apparently, he died unexpectedly on a, on Tuesday morning, December twenty eighth. And I mean, it again. It's just really sad. He led the Raiders to a Super Bowl win over the Minnesota Vikings, Super Bowl six, I believe that was. Um. But really, I mean, we know John Madden from, uh, most of us know John Madden from his 
broadcasting days with the legendary Pat Summerall on Fox. I think they, you know, they did some games on CBS as well. Um, and then John went and did, you know, Monday Night Football with Al Michaels on ABC. He did Sunday Night Football with Al Michaels on NBC. Uh, his last game that he called was the Super Bowl between the Steelers and the Cardinals in the Santonio Holmes catch. Uh, you know, with the feet down in the corner of the end zone, a miraculous play by Big Ben and Santonio Holmes there. But I, it's just sad. It's it's just really sad. You knew this day was going to come eventually. I mean, he's 85 years old, but you know, we just saw the 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 Madden documentary that that Fox did on Christmas Day before the Browns and the Packers uh and everything like that and it's just it's just sad to think that you know that you know that was really like the last time we'll ever i mean obviously we'll see him still in in the Madden games he'll be eulogized and 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 rightfully so but um you know that was the one last big thing you know for john um so yeah it's it's just a really really difficult it's it's difficult to put into words as i said how or what john madden meant to the game of football and what he meant to all of us i think he meant something to each and every one of us differently um you know he's one of the reasons why i you know wanted to get into sports broadcasting and i'm not but you know that's that's for another day but i mean i used to announce i still i still announce uh sports games that i play i i I don't know but john madden was one of the reasons why because i saw him right away and like that's that's really cool and yeah he would say some crazy things and of course he made the turducken famous on this Thanksgiving Day broadcast, games either featuring the the Detroit Lions or the Dallas Cowboys, but make no mistake about it, the, John Madden is an absolute legend, and he was great at whatever he did. He was great as a head coach. He was good, very good as a head coach. A great, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but he was very good as a head coach. Obviously, he won Super Bowl with the Raiders. The Raiders teams often like penalized. They they would get. Uh, very feisty into a lot of fights stuff uh um but he won the super bowl he was he was very good at that he's on the opposite end of the immaculate reception he still says that he doesn't believe that that's a a catch and i certainly it's tough to argue with that i suppose unless you're a steelers fan but he was great as a head coach he was beyond fantastic in in the booth and you know, cementing his legacy is the video game series, the Madden, the EA Sports, uh, Madden, you know, 90, you know, 94, Madden 2004. Wasn't that the one that but Michael Vick's on the cover of that? I mean, that was fantastic. This is, or is it 2007? Either way, it's just a very, very sad time, you know, 2021 has been a tough year for many of us. And it feels like we lost a family member in in John Madden and just what he meant 
to all of us. So RIP to the great, legendary John Madden. Uh, we'll get some more thoughts, you know, next week and stuff with with Travis. Uh, again, it's it, it it's just tough. You know, we could go on and on and on, but we won't. We'll we'll continue to move on here. Uh, sports really is uh, hit a snag with the Omicron variant and and COVID nineteen. It's wreaked havoc on the NHL, on NBA games, on college basketball especially. Uh, seeing you know with all the the protocols, the NFL having many you know. A lot of teams here playing with out, you know, full guys at full or you know their teams at full strength because so many guys are on the COVID reserve list. Now the CDC has uh, recently advised that you know like a five day period, like you can come back after five days if you are, um, you know, not like asymptomatic, you know, and and that's great and whatnot. Uh, that could certainly help team a team like the Indianapolis Colts, who just had to place Carson Wentz on the COVID list, um, the COVID reserve list on Tuesday. But you know we're seeing that the NHL has put, said, you know, okay, players aren't going to be going to the Olympics this year, and that was a big uh, win for the players when they were negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement. They wanted to go over there. I think everyone wanted to see NHL players in the Olympics this year. And that's not going to happen. And in large part, that's because of the the postponements that COVID-19 has caused, as well as the fact that the Chinese government says, I mean, you might have to quarantine for between three to five weeks if you test positive for COVID-19. Well, who wants to do that? Uh, that certainly doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but the NHL's had a lot of issues. The NBA has had a, a few but really, it's been the NA, But really, it's been the NFL, the NHL, and college basketball that has just been decimated by these games. You know, postponements, cancellations. It just sucks. Um, I hope the the protocols are updated here for college basketball because that would certainly be helpful. Uh, if that if that happens it just feels like you know we're we were cruising towards march madness and now it's like all the air gets sucked out of the balloon uh, it's so where where are we at here for college basketball and then we have all these college bowl games the, the college football bowl game the, the hawaii bowl gets uh canceled because hawaii says the night before okay we, we can't we can't do it um the holiday bowl i mean well i talked with charlie here later on in the podcast we predicted the holiday bowl holiday bowl got canceled uh the day of because ucla had issues and we didn't know that at the time i mean you have the the, the sun bowl where miami says oh no we can't go and it leaves washington state without an opponent well fortunately they got central michigan who is coming to El Paso to play in the Sun Bowl, and that's only because Boise State has COVID issues and can't play in the Arizona Bowl. So, I mean, we have all that. I mean, you have uh, the Military Bowl between Boston College and East Carolina get postponed. The, the Fenway Bowl featuring SMU and Virginia, that's been canceled. 
I thought we were we were hopefully past this now. I think the Omicron variant is is a major reason why, but some of these protocols seem to be outdated. But I also wonder if there's something else going on. I mean, there's a lot of player empowerment, especially in college sports these days. It, it just seems odd that the, the, the timing of some of these announcements that you know these games are getting the, the bowl game specifically. I'm not talking about college basketball. That's a that's a whole different ball game, a whole different animal. Uh, and hopefully those variants. But college football was able to get through the season. And granted, the Omicron variant wasn't prevalent, you know, prevalent during the majority of the of the season, but. It just the the timing of a lot of these bowl games is odd, um, and several people have mentioned on on social media that you know, the the COVID nineteen protocols are very antiquated um, in college sports, and that it needs to be fixed. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know if the COVID-19 is wreaking havoc on the sports world, but of course that pales in comparison to the, to the breaking news or the, the big news that John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. Um, and it's very, very sad in that regard. Uh, the sport he called the sport he loved NFL, uh, Playoffs are that were down to the final two weeks of the regular season coming up here. And we had the extended season, the added 17th game. Uh, the there's still a lot to be decided, especially in the AFC and the wild card picture. Now, more clarity will come in about this week. The Vikings had a golden opportunity to, uh, they were in the seventh spot for the NFC playoffs, so they had a golden opportunity to. Maybe put a little pressure on the Rams if they had beat, beaten them, but they came out incredibly... Well, the, the three and out on offense right away wasn't any good. The Rams go down, they, they score. You thought maybe this game was going to be bad, but the defense forced three interceptions of Matthew Stafford. The offense just really couldn't do anything. Uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins was fine wasn't great he had an interception that went off of kj osborne's hands that would have been a touchdown in the first quarter maybe changes the whole complexion of this game special teams gives up a punt return for a touchdown now finally justin jefferson and, and Kirk cousins and company got going in the second half but whenever they needed a stop they didn't get it and the rams come away with the win it just it's just one of those years for the vikings one of those years for Vikings fans, and now you just wonder. Mike Zimmer. He said he didn't know if he was on the hot seat or not. I don't know if he is, or not. But I would not be surprised if the Vikings go a different direction this year. This is a very talented team, a talented roster. One would hope that uh, that they would be better. That they should be better than what their record is. No question about it. They should be maybe a game or two back of the, the Packers for first in the north at worst. Maybe they should even be beating the Packers. That's how good this team has looked at times this year. But you are what your record says they are. And the Vikings are 7-8 right now. And the playoffs are a very long shot, a big long shot at this point. Possible, but I, I just don't see the Vikings going to Lambeau this week 
and beating the Packers. It's probably going to be it's going to be very frigid, very cold on a Sunday night there in Lambeau. So, not expecting the Vikings to 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 uh, to make that playoff run, and that could signal the end of the Mike Zimmer era here in Minnesota. We'll recap the week 16 in the NFL. We'll make some early picks for week 17. Here is, uh, again, we're approaching the new year here. This is the last Sports Block podcast of 2021. If you're just uh, tuning in, you know, listening, you, know, you should be starting at the beginning. But again, Travis uh, and my schedules didn't couldn't align this week. It happens. Uh, we'll be back next week for the first uh, Sports Block podcast of 2022. So definitely... Um, listen to that one because that'll be a good one uh but hopefully everyone had a very merry christmas and when we come back here on the sports block podcast we'll be talking uh to great charlie hildebrand my good friend from the northwest iowa review we're going to make some more bull picks the ones that haven't been canceled yet that's all coming up here next on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStack and Facebook Nathan Stack, and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. College bowl game picks coming up, NFL Week 16 reaction, and NFL Week 17 picks. All that ahead and more here on the last Sports Block Podcast of 2021. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block podcast of the uh, the final podcast of 2021. Pleased to be joined by my good friend and resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review. It's none other than Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, let me be among the last to wish you a Merry Christmas and among the first to wish you a Happy New Year. Thanks. It's uh, It's been a minute since we've talked last. A lot of stuff's gone on, both... Uh the world and in sports and uh yeah no matter no matter what happens those wet bandits keep stepping on kevin McAllister's uh ice and ornaments and uh and little little vehicles and stuff is that your favorite spoiler alert i watched home alone for christmas is is that your favorite christmas movie please don't say die hard i think we've talked about this before i think you said die hard right i mean if it counts as one i would say die hard if you don't want to say die hard counts i do not then it would probably be either either Home Alone or Christmas Vacation, I guess. Then, all right, very good, solid choices there. Uh, did they? I don't know. Do you ever watch technically Christ- stack in? I would say that Home Alone is just a child's version of the movie Die Hard, where a child is locked, someone is locked in one place trying to stop two people committing fe- people committing felonies that's by whatever true. means necessary they can find. But that's another debate for another day. That is true. That is true. Uh, did, did Christmas? Did a Christmas story air on TBS and TNT this year? I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch, so I, I don't know. Did I you... think it did. I've not. I think we watched it once in school, and I watched it once another time. And like, I thought it was good, but I've I've not seen it in like twenty years. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's kind of lost a little bit of its luster, shall we say? Uh, but you know what hasn't lacked any luster? Bowl season. Unfortunately, bowl season is starting to look a lot like it did last year with numerous cancellations. 
before so let's just get into that right now we've already had the military bowl get canceled the uh fenway bowl the wasabi fenway bowl which was canceled last year it was supposed to make its debut and it's going to have to get pushed off another year this year uh we have the el paso or the the barstool arizona bowl get canceled uh, the hawaii bowl got canceled that's four bowls that have been canceled already now so let me just i and i don't know what the right answer is here but i saw online a couple of people say or on twitter that said that the uh or maybe it was in an espn article somewhere that the college football covid19 protocols are outdated i couldn't tell you if they're outdated or not but some of this is a little weird like hawaii canceling the day before the game is a little bizarre i think uh boston college had to pull out as well uh, the, the day before miami you know it, it just seems like these guys don't really care about the bowl game and they're just coming up with some sort of excuse now COVID is not a uh not like it, it's a very serious issue that we're dealing with here so are they just using that as an excuse i don't know but some of it just seems a little kind of weird to me doesn't isn't sitting right like something else seems to be going on what do you what do you make of everything that's happened i i don't have a good answer on if the bowl uh, or the covid protocols are up to date and good or not i that's not something i can speak to intelligently um i do think that players i don't think the players really care about covid so much they just don't care about bowls anymore unless it's a school that never goes to one or like you're in one of the playoff games. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before. I think this is, you can debate whether it's good or bad. I think it's just more college football being much more like college basketball is. And there's, there's pros and, and cons to it. And to me, there's more cons because I just will always selfishly want every player to stay in college as long as they can and play in every game that they can so yep. you can watch play more because it's more fun. Mm -hmm. And also, they just play fewer games, period. But, you know, I'm 35, and I can't, you know, obviously never played sports in college either, other than shout-out to intramurals. Yes, uh, which yes. Obviously, I don't count really for anything. But I'm not going to pretend like I know what it's like to be you know, 20 years old and a probable top three or, a, you know, first or second round draft pick and to know how to play that out. So mm -hmm. it's not, I don't really like it, but again, it's not an area where I can come with any position of authority or intelligence about the matter on how, you know, 20, 21 year olds should be acting. Right. In regard. It just, I don't know. It's, it's like just with the announcements that are going on, too, just the, the timing of it. It just seems a little bizarre to me, I guess. Um, and I, I can't speak to the protocols either, whether or not they're they're outdated. That is not my area of expertise. But it does seem, you know, like college sports. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, COVID-19 have huge ramifications in the sports world, whether that be the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, uh, and certainly in collegiate sports as well, in college football and college basketball. So I can't speak to the the the, the COVID-19 protocols and stuff if they're outdated or not, but 
it seems to me that just some of the timing of these announcements and everything just it's it I, it just feels to me that something else is going on I don't think there's anything else going on other than the fact I think players don't want to play, but I don't think the schools are saying we're not going to play because the players don't want to. Because schools are selfish and want money also. And if you don't play, you don't get the money for it then. Right. So, I mean, and at least as far as I know, I mean, if it was really a struggle between schools and players on that, I, I could be wrong. I don't think in 2021 with social media the way it is they'd be able to keep that under wraps though i think it's just players are going through stuff and are just like well i mean i've already whether they're allowed to talk to agents or not i know clearly they're hearing from them and i think they just get people in their ears saying don't play because you get hurt and they're like well you know i mean if you're an ohio state player who's played in the playoffs the last few years like, I would like them to think, oh, the Rose Bowl's a big deal and I want to play in it, but they probably couldn't care less about the Rose Bowl. All they care about, you know, is a chance at winning the national title, and now that they can't do that. Right. I suppose to some degree you can probably blame it on Twitter and fans on Twitter. I mean, I, 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 this is pure speculation on my part, so take it with multiple grades of salt. But I'm sure after Ohio State lost to Michigan, there were plenty of Ohio State fans saying, oh, great we lost we don't have a chance at winning a title our season's over what a waste of a season this was worthless mm-hmm. and if you're a player and you read that a whole bunch of times you're probably not going to care about you know playing in a non-playoff game nearly as much as you might have six weeks earlier sure sure and they they just had a, a couple of guys who are not playing in the rose bowl uh chris alave they're the star wide receiver is not going to play in the Rose Bowl. Um, is, it, is it Garrett Wilson or Gilbert Wilson? The uh, um, I think it's Garrett, if I remember Garrett, right. Yeah, but... uh, he is not partaking in the Rose Bowl either. So a couple of Ohio State guys are not doing or are not going to play. And I think this matters certainly for Utah a lot more because it is going to be their first ever Rose Bowl appearance. So. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this about motivation. I yeah. mean, clearly Ohio State's more talented than Utah, but I think Utah is like 100% wants to be there. Yep. And I don't think it'll, I mean, I don't want to say no Ohio State players care, but I think the level of care and uh, morale is going to be significantly lower with the Buckeyes than with the Utes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I'm going to be switching my pick here because I had Ohio State for a while, but now I think we're going to move it. Uh, in favor of Utah. Uh, Going to the bowl games themselves, what has stuck out to you so far through bowl season? What uh, either the moments or games or just uh, what have been some of your favorite um, moments thus far? Well, less favorite moments. I mean, the thing that stuck out is just that we're a year later. I mean, you know, over a year and a half since everything started shutting down COVID-wise, we're still getting bowl games shut down now because teams are testing positive and can't go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, I mean, it's, especially because some of these early bowls, you know, don't have the same amount of uh, impact as other ones do. I mean, I think that's going to be the thing that's going to be remembered most, you know, of the ones before Christmas. I mean, I suppose the only other thing I can think of that really started that stuck out that I enjoyed the most was, uh, 
you know, Army rallying to beat Missouri at the end with a field goal on the last play. That's always fun. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, for everyone to say, oh, the USA beat Missouri. The USA beat Missouri. That, uh, that, that was uh, certainly funny. Uh, I would say favorite game or best game thus far, I think it has to be Northern Illinois, Coastal Carolina, the back and forth. That was the second game. Second bowl that was game a good one, too. Uh, BYU gets upset by UAB. That was rather uh, somewhat stunning, I guess. Um UCF beating Florida, that was entertaining uh, because it was just a... I think that was also just one where, obviously, UCF on paper wanted to play more than Florida did. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, a lot going on, or a lot has happened, a lot more will happen, and so let's make some of these picks here. Uh, for the the bowl games, let me ask you: Did you have Western Michigan or Nevada winning in the Quick Lane Bowl? I don't remember who I had winning. If you want, I mean, I can pull it up. No, oh, nope, it's it's okay. Um, it was a while ago. I mean, I I picked these before one started. I've not got back and checked. So. I think I had Nevada winning, but I could be wrong. I had Nevada at first, and then I saw Carson Strong not was not playing, so that uh, made me switch it to Western Michigan, and I'm glad I did because Western Michigan uh, annihilated them. So that yeah. was good to see. So let's in the rare bowl game that is over at like one thirty in the afternoon on a weekday. Yes, well, and it it, it kicked off at ten a.m. Central Time, eleven a.m. local for Nevada. That's like a nine a.m. You know. Their their time, like Reno, so I'm sure they were a little uh, off or a little little uh, little sleepy, and of course, because we were supposed to have the military bowl on Monday, and then that of course did not happen. So let's go uh, to make make some other these bowl picks here on Tuesday, December 28th. We have the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Featuring number 20th ranked Houston, 11-2, against 6-6 six six Auburn, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Auburn is a two-point favorite. Who do you like in this one? I'm going to Houston, even though Auburn might have more talent, even though the record's worse and their ranking's worse. I think it's going to be more to Houston because they're playing an SEC team. I don't think Auburn's going to care about playing you know, an American athletic conference team and isn't going to get all jazzed about it. I would agree with that. I think Bo Nix, he's headed to Oregon. I think that's a huge get for Oregon, first off. That's Also fun that he started as a true freshman, and his first game was against Oregon. So it kind of has come all full circle for Bo Nix then. Absolutely. I have Houston winning this game, and I have it four confidence points. Uh, Air Force, 9-3 and three against Louisville, 6-6, six and 3.15 six, p.m. Eastern, 2.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Louisville's a one-point favorite, so essentially this is a toss-up. Who do you like in this one? I'm going with Air Force, similar reason to some of the other ones. I think Air Force is going to be more excited to be there and want to play, for Jazz to play, and it's also not fun playing. Triple option teams, if it's a really motivated team and you're sound on defense, you can definitely blow them out, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to go through the motions. 
Air Force wins. I agree wholeheartedly there. Give me Air Force 15 confidence points. Uh, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 7-5 Mississippi State against 6-6 six six Texas Tech, 5.45 p.m. Uh, Central Time, 6.45 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, Mississippi State, 7-5 Texas Tech, 6-6. Six six. Mississippi State is a 10-point favorite. Who do you like? I think Mississippi State's going to win. You want to talk about motivation? I think Mike Leach is going to be more motivated than ever since this is the first time he's played Texas Tech since they fired him. Yep. And they, uh, he claims they still owe him money, like a couple of million dollars. And I think he's probably very angry and has been waiting on this for many, many, many days and months and years. And I don't think they're going to win like 56 to 3 or something like that. But if they're up 40 to 28 late in the game, I don't think they're going to be like, let's run out the clock. I think he's going to try to make them make it as miserable as possible. For Texas Tech, so I think Mississippi State wins. I have this at forty confidence points uh, before the the the, can- the few bowl cancellations we've had. So right now it's at thirty six. That's where it will remain, and I like Mississippi State big. Uh, yeah, just the Mike Leach, the revenge factor is enough for me. Uh, the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, eight and four UCLA against nine and three NC State. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on Fox. NC State is a two-point favorite. Do you like the Wolfpack or do you like Chip Kelly's Bruins? I think I like NC State. I kind of have a weird rule where if it's like the Rose Bowl or a really big bowl game and you've got a a Pac-12 or specifically one of the California teams playing close Mm -hmm. or relatively close to home, I I think San Diego and L.A. aren't that far apart. But, I mean, traffic-wise, it might be a bit of time. But for the games that aren't as important, I think in some ways it doesn't bode well. I mean, if you're from UCLA, I would imagine you probably go to San Diego five or six times a year anyways when you've got a weekend off. So I don't think UCLA is going to be as jazzed. I think frequently UCLA is not jazzed to be in bowl games over the last 15 years or so. While NC State, I think, will be very excited to play. So we're going with the Wolfpack based just off the – imaginary body language. It's a lot of sense, and I like your rule of thumb there. I am going to go UCLA, though. I just think they are a little... Like, NC State's good, but UCLA has flown under the radar quite a bit this year. Remember, they put up over 60 points against USC, so I'm hoping that they're... They beat LSU early, too. Yes, they did. So I think that this team is... And motivation, always the big factor here. I think they have enough talent, though, to hang with the Wolf Pack. Give me UCLA eight confidence points right now. Not a lot, not a ton of confidence in them, but uh, we'll still take them nonetheless. And then uh, Guaranteed Rate Bowl uh, to cap off Tuesday at 10.15 p.m. Eastern, 9.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. 6-6 six and six West Virginia against 8-4 and four Minnesota. Minnesota, a five-point favorite. Who do you like? Where's the game at again? Yeah, the guaranteed rate bowl is in Phoenix, I believe, at Chase Field. All right, well, for Minnesota and West Virginia, that doesn't matter. That's not close to either of them. I guess I'm I'm going with Minnesota. I think your Gophers are going to be more excited to play. I don't think either of them is going to be like, you know, we're jazzed to play because this is, you know, the Sugar Bowl and we want to finish in the top five. But mm-hmm. 
And I think I do. I mean, I think Minnesota's just played a tougher schedule from this point too, so they're more battle tested. So I think your Gophers win by like like a, a, a decent game that's close, but they end up winning by like ten. Like not a great bowl game, but a solid inter- entertaining bowl game. This has this is not the battle for the axe, so there's nothing on the line here. But I am hoping that uh, PJ Flex got his guys ready to fight to win because you want to keep winning and, and help build the program. Row that boat, row that boat all the way to the desert where there's no water in sight. You don't know how you're going to get back. Yeah, I was going to say row the boat. That might be a bad sign if they're playing in the desert. Yeah, it no is, water. but uh, you know what? There's a I think a, a pool in every home, so. Roll that boat in that pool, and uh, I think there's a pool at Chase Field. So just get it done. I got Minnesota 28 confidence points. So congratulations to West Virginia on your win. (laughs) Uh, Wednesday, December 29th, we have the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. 6-6 Maryland against my 6-6 Virginia Tech Hokies, 2.15 p.m. Eastern, 1.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Maryland, a a 3.5-point favorite. Who do you like? I feel bad for both of them. They're both kind of relatively cold weather states mm-hmm. that don't even get to go anywhere nice, and it's not even anywhere that far away either. I mean, it's a little bit of a drive, but not that far. Right. So, I mean, I guess I'm going. I think I'm going Maryland because there's not a head coaching change, mm-hmm. and there's more stability. But that's about all I've got. Other than that, I mean, I don't. I think I've seen your Hokies play quarters of games but not an entire game and i don't know if i've watched more than a quarter of maryland the entire season i know two of two his brothers their quarterbacks. yes but. yep i i have virginia tech winning this game uh but then braxton burmeister has entered the transfer portal as a grad transfer so i don't think he's playing uh new head coach there i think will help i mean he, he's kind of instilled a little bit of excitement within the program, but I think maybe, you know, with Burmeister leaving, that's tough. I think Merrill, I, th- I think I'm going to take, I'm switching it. I'm going to take Maryland. I will take him at 10 confidence points. I hope I'm wrong. Go Hokies, but uh, yeah, a little, little fearful as to what will happen there. Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl, number 19, Clemson, nine and three against seven and five, Iowa State, 5.45 p.m. Eastern, 4.40 p.m. 4.45 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Clemson, a one-and-a-half point favorite. This is really a disappointment goal since both were ranked in the top ten to start the season. Mm-hmm. And if you would have told, I mean, just because there's, I mean, there's more Iowa fans, but there are obviously a lot of Iowa State fans around this part of Iowa also. And I think if you would have told any of them before the season, guess what, you're going to play Clemson in a bowl game. It would have been like, oh, my God, that's great. We might be in the playoffs. And even if we're not, we're probably in, like, the Sugar Bowl or something. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah. And unfortunately for them, that's not the case. Um, I think I'm going to uh, – this is tough because I was going to say Iowa State's more motivated, but it's also worth noting that Iowa State did play in the Fiesta Bowl last year and beat Oregon. So they are obviously much lower expectations than they wanted also. I think I'm still going to go with Iowa State, though, just because I think they're going to be more motivated than Clemson not being in the playoffs for the first time in, what, like four years or whatever? I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like it's seven years, but I know that's not true. 
do we know if Brock Purdy and uh and uh what is it Bryce Hall Bryce Hall uh Bryce Young what no Bryce Hall Bryce Hall yeah are they playing in this game for Iowa State Brock Purdy's playing there's no chance Brock Purdy plays in the NFL okay so and I don't mean like I mean he's not gonna get drafted because he's sure. not nope. tall enough or good enough Bryce Hall I don't know uh he maybe. Has, I, as far as I know, he's not opted out, but I've specifically looked or checked. I'm just I, Clemson. I think wants to win. I, I, yeah, I think motivation is a huge deal in this game. Clemson, I think, will want to show people that hey, we're, we're still Clemson. We're still good enough. We had a bad year, but we're gonna come back stronger. Not sure where it's at for Iowa State. I'm gonna take Clemson here. This is a bad move on my part, but I will take them for 26 confidence points. I just think Clemson's... I mean, clearly Clemson's more talented across the board. Yeah. The problem also would be is if you're Clemson, where are you going to get points at? Where they've struggled offensively most right. of the year. Right. And unlike a lot of Big 12 teams, I mean, I'm not saying Iowa State has one of the 15 best defenses in the country or anything, but they actually play relatively good defense. So, I mean, they're not going to... If you're going to score against them in your Clemson, you're going to have to earn it also. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it's not like playing against Texas Tech, right? Right. Uh, yeah, that's tough. I it it's tough. I I just I'm gonna ride with Clemson one more time because Iowa State's just been so disappointing. But but we'll see. And then the final game on Wednesday, number fourteen Oregon ten and three against number sixteen Oklahoma ten and two nine fifteen p.m. Eastern eight fifteen p.m. Central time on ESPN in the Valero Alamo Bowl. OU is a uh, the, the Oklahoma University is a seven point favorite. I think this is one of the toughest ones to pick at all of bowl season. Just both teams have new coaches. Yeah, I mean Bob Stoops is the interim guy who is aware of like Oklahoma, but it's not like he's been like regularly coaching or talking to these players the last few years. So, right. I mean, I don't think anyone he recruited is left on the roster. So, I mean, there's probably some name recognition for the players, but it's not like they're going to be like, oh, we're going to play extra hard. Because it's Bob Stoops. I don't even know who the interim is for Oregon right now. I mean, as far as I know, Caleb Williams is still the quarterback at Oregon. I mean, at Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, I think he's probably might be the best player on the field if he plays. So, I guess I'm going with Oklahoma. But I would put this as low confidence regardless. And I struggled with this one as well, but Oregon has just been so disappointing, uh, you know, this season with the way they played against Utah in those back-to-back games. I just don't know where their motivation it, is. Basically, ever since they beat Ohio State, it's kind of been going down to go it, it sure has. And I get that there's a lot of disappointment with Oklahoma, uh, you know, with, with Lincoln Riley leaving. But they do have the best player in Caleb Williams. I think Bob Stoops and I think Oklahoma go out and say, hey, we're still a really good team. We're a good school. Give me Oklahoma 22 confidence points here just because Oregon, I, where's the motivation? I don't see it. I, I don't see any motivation there for them. So give me o, Oklahoma there. Uh, I'm going to say somewhat convincingly. 
Uh, Thursday's bowl games, we have the Duke's Mayo Bowl at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. 6-6 six six North Carolina against 6-6 six six South Carolina. UNC a nine-point favorite. North Carolina and South Carolina is always fun. They should play every year no matter what. Also, allegedly, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, like, they're dumping mayonnaise on the winning coach after the game's over this year. Yeah, that's gross. I agree it's gross. It is kind of funny, though. It is. And I don't think anything sounds more apropos than dumping mayo all over Mac Brown. I mean, it's got the first two letters right in his first name anyway. Sure does. So I'm going North Carolina. I'm going UNC as well. 32 confidence points. They're just a better team than... South Carolina. I know it's been a bad year for North Carolina, and South Carolina is just like, hey, we're just excited to be here. But this is a rivalry game, and UNC, Sam Howell and company, they need to be ready for this. Give me UNC. Uh, the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl featuring 7-5 Tennessee against 8-4 Purdue, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Tennessee is a six-point favorite. I think this could be more one of the more fun bowl games if it goes according to plan. It's a high-scoring shootout. I think it could be, you know, one of the five best of the bowl season. I know. I don't remember how long it's been since either of them, either of them have been in a bowl game. I'm thinking it was just like two years ago. Purdue was in a bowl game. Yep. And I could be wrong, but it it feels like it's been four or five years since Tennessee's been in the bowl game. I'm almost positive it's only been two or three. But it feels like this is the first time they've really had, like, positive momentum in a while. I'm, I'm blanking on the guy's name who was the Cincinnati head coach before he – Butch Davis? Not Butch Davis. Mm. Butch Jones. Yes, yes. But it feels like since the second – first or second – like, this, yeah, the first or second Butch Jones season where it was like, oh, hey, they're recruiting well. Maybe they'll be better. So because of that, I think I'm going with Tennessee. I don't know if they'll be able to keep up this momentum next year or not. But I'm going Rocky Top. All I know is Tennessee's offense is great. Josh Heupel has them playing up-tempo. I think Tennessee's going to put up a bunch of points in this game. I don't think Purdue can keep pace with them. Give me Purdue in this – or Tennessee in this game. Uh, I am only doing nine confidence points on this one. But – I'm still taking Tennessee to take down Purdue. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, number 12, Pittsburgh, 11-2 against number 10, Michigan State, 10-2, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Michigan State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Also fun because I'm blanking on the guy's name, but the, uh, the head coach at Pittsburgh was the defensive coordinator at Michigan State like five years ago. So some interesting storylines there. Yep. I, uh... Uh, I think I'm going. I'm going with Pittsburgh. I think Michigan State, if I remember right, Kenneth Walker's not playing in the bowl game. Correct. Correct. So, even though Pittsburgh lost their offensive coordinator, I think I'm still going with Pittsburgh. Yeah, there it seems like there's a lot of uh, stuff going on at Pittsburgh. The offensive uh, coordinator leaves. Kenny Pickett's not going to play in this game for Pittsburgh. Uh, it just seems like there's a little bit of um, drama going on with uh, within the Pitt program. Uh, so give me Mel Tucker's Sparty Squad. I'll take them 12 confidence points. 
to take down, uh, to beat Pitt. And then finally, in the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, 8-4 Wisconsin against 8-4 Arizona State, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Wisconsin is a six-point favorite. Las Vegas is where chaos happens. I feel like Arizona State is the ultimate chaos school. I mean, it just embodies chaos. The Pac-12 South and Arizona State in general, Wisconsin's not great with chaos. They want order and three yards in a cloud of dust. I think it's going to be chaos. Arizona State wins a, I don't know about a good bowl game, but like a wacky, weird, stupid bowl game. And wins, I don't know, like twenty-four to seventeen or something like that. So isn't I'm, I'm taking ASU. Isn't Arizona State like one of the biggest partying schools in the country? Yeah, that's part of the reason I'm saying it's Team Chaos. Now, granted, so is Wisconsin, but yeah. I think Wisconsin's just drinking. I think there's a lot of other stuff going on at Arizona State besides alcohol too. I would agree with that, and that's one of the reasons why I'm thinking maybe Vegas isn't the best place for them. Uh, I mean, how many, how many guys are going? I'm just saying they're used to it, so it's not anything new for them. Where it's a, it's all it's going to be a brand new experience for all these Wisconsin guys. It's cold in Madison. It's going to be warm in Vegas, so that's already a plus for Wisconsin. I just I think Wisconsin. Wait to be what what time's the game at? Because it's a desert, so if it's at night, it won't be cold, but or it won't be warm. But if it's at uh, nine thirty, so at seven thirty local time. 7.30 p.m.? Yep. So it'll probably be after sun's fallen, so it'll probably be cold. Which, it's, actually, in some ways, probably hurts Arizona State if it's cold bad. They are saying, right now, 46 degrees, which is still going to be warmer than in Madison. Mm, I'm, I'm sticking with my original guns and thinking Arizona State. Okay. I'm much less confident about this now, though. Okay, I'm going to go Wisconsin. I'm going 31 confidence points. I just think that Wisconsin, uh, they're angry after losing the axe. I think they're going to get it done. They're going to take down Jaden Daniels and Herm Edwards, Arizona State squad. Uh, Friday, then, New Year's Eve, we have the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl featuring number 17 Wake Forest against Rutgers because Texas A&M had to bow out because of COVID issues. 10 a.m., Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Wake Forest, I don't have a line here for this, but Wake Forest, 10-3, and 17th-ranked team in the country, Rutgers, 5-7. and seven. Uh, I have Wake Forest big in this one. Uh, okay, maybe not quite as big as I thought. 24 confidence points, but I'm still taking Wake Forest. What say you? Wake Forest, all the confidence points. Rutgers sucks. Shouldn't even be in the ball game very good. Very good. Very good. I like it. Uh, then we have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. 7-5 Washington State against 8-4 Central Michigan, who gets in because Boise State has COVID issues. They can't play in the, the Barstool Arizona Bowl, so that got canceled. Uh, so Central Michigan was like, hey, we'll, we'll play Washington State since Miami, Florida bowed out of the Sun Bowl. So it's a weird, bizarre Sun Bowl. Uh, no line for this game. It's at 11 a.m. Central Time, noon Eastern. It will be on CBS. What uh, what say you? I don't know why. I'm just I feel Central Michigan that they're going to take this. They're riding it. They're riding all the momentum. Like getting a bigger, better bowl game for them. So taking the chip was. It is an upgrade for for them for sure. I. Uh... 
I'm going to take... And, like, the Sun Bowl's not a big deal, like, anymore. It used to be a big deal, and mm-hmm. it still might be the biggest bowl game Central Michigan's ever played in before. Yep. I mean, it's not like they played in a, a lot of, you know, outside of the max-specific ones. So, I mean, I, maybe maybe they're up. Uh, maybe they're a little more excited than usual. I mean, Washington State really wanted to play in this game. So, I think the motivation for them is going to be there. Central Michigan's just going to be like, hey... At least we are playing in a higher-ranked uh, bowl game than the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Uh, so give me Washington State, and I'll take them for like 30-something confidence points. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Or, you know, high 20s. I don't know. The, the, the app, the ESPN Fantasy app has not been updated yet. And then we get to the main course, the... Playoff games, number four Cincinnati, 13-0 against number one Alabama, 12-1 in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Alabama is a 13.5 point favorite. Charlie, what's the key to this game, and does Cincinnati have any real chance to take down Bama? About a week ago, I would have said Cincinnati has a chance, not a great one. I know apparently some Alabama player was saying today that they're super motivated because everyone's been disrespecting them and not giving a chance to win the playoff, which is asinine because it's not true unless they're just looking at, like, Georgia message boards. Careful, it's but that if they believe poison. that, it's if that. they believe, like, the BS their coaches lie to them about, about how everyone – always disrespects Alabama and never gives them a chance, which is insane because everyone thinks they're going to win the national title every year. Is this like Kim Jong-un? If they, like believe North- that, like, if they believe that, they're going to be like motivated and might win by like 45 points. Like it might be like 56 to 10 Alabama, yep. which is, I feel bad for Cincinnati, mm-hmm. but I think it could, I think it could get, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But I think it's still going to be ugly, and Alabama wins like forty-one to fourteen, something like that. I mean, is this like North Korea dictator Kim Jong Un telling his people bullshit like this, and they just believe him because they can't go online and and search for any of this stuff? I mean, what the hell is this? You know that everyone's disrespecting Alabama. You you got the respect now because you beat Georgia, but you had sucked for a month. You barely beat LSU in Tennessee. Like, come on here. Um, You're crazy. John Mechie, I believe, the, the wide receiver, he's out with a torn ACL. So that is a big blow to Bama's offense. I believe they have a cornerback as well who is out for the rest of, or for the, the college football playoff with an injury. So injuries are somewhat significant here for Bama. But until someone beats them, I got to go with Bama. I said it at the beginning of the season. I went away from it. It cost me in the SEC championship game. Not doing it here. I hope Cincinnati keeps it close. I hope they pull off an upset. But I'm going with Bama, and I'm going 25 confidence points here. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also hope Cincinnati wins, but just don't think it's going to happen. Yep. Yep, it's, it's going to be awfully difficult. And then we have number three, Georgia, 12-1 against number two, Michigan, 12-1, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. In the other semifinal, the Capital One Orange Bowl, Georgia is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, but yeah, I don't know. This seems this seems awfully dicey, and now there's talk about maybe like COVID outbreak 
or something within the Georgia program here? What what they that one loss to Alabama just makes me think that maybe Georgia isn't as good. Like was that just a blip on the radar, or is there more to it? Can Michigan take it to them? It almost might be the first one to seventeen points wins. How do you how do you see this one? I think it's going to be a relatively low scoring game. I think Georgia's Georgia's favored. I think they should be. Unlike the other semifinal game, though, I do think there's a path to victory for Michigan here. Absolutely. The downside is that Georgia's defense, even though Alabama lit them up some, I think is still really, really good. And Michigan, I think their quarterback's fine, but isn't a guy who's going to go out and make, you know, the throws that Bryce Young did in Alabama where you go, oh, shit, that's a throw where he threw that perfectly. Mm -hmm. That's just not how they're designed. They're going to try to run. They're going to try to run and, you know, get, you know, put money in the bank to get deep runs later in the game. Yep. And, I, I mean, I think they might be able to do it against Georgia, but it's not like they're definitely going to be able to. Mm-hmm. It be, I mean, I think this is a very old-school answer, but I think the way the two teams played or have played all year, it's basically going to be whoever wins the turnover battle I think is going to win the game, especially if they're more than plus one in turnovers. If someone's minus two, I just don't think they're – I don't think it's it's going to be so hard to overcome that because you're either – it's either going to set the other team up for easy points or it's going to be when you're about to score and you turn it over and get nothing. So, and, I, and I ultimately, I mean, I don't think either quarterback's great, but I think there's more athletes around Georgia than there are Michigan. They're around Georgia's quarterback than yep. Michigan's quarterback, so – I think Georgia wins, and I think it's going to be like probably like 20 to 13 in mm-hmm. a low scoring but interesting game. Uh, I, like I said, I think the first one is 17 wins here. I'm going Georgia just because I've trusted them all year. I can't, I'm just a little more hesitant now after what we saw on Championship Week, but I got them winning 13 confidence points there on this one. Uh, then we get to New Year's Day's game uh, bowl games, the Outback Bowl, seven five Penn State against number twenty one ranked Arkansas, eight and four noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central Time on ESPN two. Arkansas is a one point favorite, so essentially a pick'em game. Who do you like? I know Penn State has a slew of guys that aren't played in the bowl game. Arkansas might also, and I just have not, or I missed that apparently. If they are. But I think it's going to be – I'm going with Arkansas. Even though Penn State wasn't good last year, they have been very good recently still, and mm-hmm. it's been a few years since Arkansas has been good. And I think Arkansas will be kind, – I mean, kind of like your Gophers were when they played in the New Year's game a few years ago, yep. except they're obviously not playing like a vastly more talented team. If yep. Penn State was 100% healthy and had everyone playing – then I think you could say Penn State was more talented, but has enough guys that are going to be out. The, the one I specifically remember was that receiver that's really good for Penn State that I think Arkansas wins mm, I, yep. like like 24 to 13 or something like that in a game where Penn State just can't do anything on offense all day. Yep. Uh, I, I think Arkansas, they haven't been to a bowl game in a while, so the motivation for them is much higher than Penn State. It's been a down year for Penn State. I know Clifford's coming back, but uh, 
sorry, I've taken Arkansas, and I got them uh, 18 confidence points to take down Penn State. PlayStation Fiesta Bowl number 9, Oklahoma State, 11-2 against number 5, Notre Dame, 11-1, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon, Central Time on ESPN. Notre Dame is a 2.5-point favorite. They do have a couple of guys out. Uh, they're, the, what, Kyle Williams, their safety, he's not playing. Uh, Kerwin Williams, their running back, he's not playing. How do you like, or how do you see this game? Uh, who do you have winning? I really want to pick Oklahoma State, but they looked so bad on offense against Baylor. Mm-hmm. But with Guy sitting out, I'm going to go against my head and my, my heart because I don't like Notre Dame and kind of like Oklahoma State. Not sure why. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State, even though I think the last time they played in a bowl game this big was when Hugh Freeze was at Ole Miss in like 2015 or 16 or 17 or something. Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss beat Oklahoma State like 150 to 3 or something like that. <laughs> so this really could backfire, but I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Very low confidence points. You know, Notre Dame has really rallied around head, new head coach Marcus Williams and just – or Marcus Freeman. Sorry, not Marcus Williams. Marcus Freeman. Um, just – the 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 strength coach like everyone says we're gonna finish this season strong and I believe they're going to I know they're missing some players but this team wants to finish the year strong they want to win they want to set the the foundation for the future here for Notre Dame so give me the Irish at 17 confidence points uh the VRBO Citrus Bowl Number 15 ranked Iowa at 10 and 3 against number 22 Kentucky at 9 and 3. Noon East or 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on ABC. Kentucky is a three-point favorite. This one I put at low confidence. I don't. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's kind of going to be like a grosser version of Georgia and Michigan in a yes. lot of ways. Yep. And I guess I'm going to begrudgingly take Kentucky. I don't feel great about that, but I, I wouldn't feel great about either of the offenses doing much. So I think Kentucky's had a few games where they've scored a lot of points. So mm-hmm. I'm going Wildcats pretty unconfident on that, though. I, too, have this game low confidence points, five confidence points. I'm going with Kentucky because Iowa's offense is god-awful, just putrid. Kentucky isn't much good. better, but Kentucky's – is better and they will win this game kentucky five confidence points then we get to the rose bowl presented by capital one and venture x it is the granddaddy of them all number 11 utah 10 and 3 against number six ohio state 10 and 2 5 p.m eastern 4 p.m central time on espn ohio state currently a four and a half point favorite i'm going utah i think ohio state will be very unexcited to play after playing in the playoffs at least the last two years, maybe the last three years, I don't mm-hmm. remember. And they've got a whole bunch of guys that already aren't playing. Utah's going to be I, – I think a lot of teams would now be like, well, it might be the Rose Bowl, but I don't care about that anymore. We just want to get in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to be Utah, though. I think they will be very excited to play. Utah will be giving their 100% effort, and Ohio State about 85% effort. I think that's enough of a difference that I'm taking the Utes, and I'd probably go like 25 confidence points. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I will take Utah. Switching it from Ohio State, give me them at 22 confidence points. 
Finally, in the All-State Sugar Bowl, number 7th ranked Baylor, 11-2 against number 8 ranked Ole Miss, 10-2, 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 7.45 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. I'm not sure if Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral is playing. I don't think he is. Right now, Ole Miss is a one-and-a-half point favorite, but... Uh, if he plays, I like Ole Miss big. If he doesn't, I think I'm taking Baylor. How about you? I think it depends. He, he, even if he does play, I think it depends just because Baylor's good enough on defense. Then I think they could really slow him down. And if they do that, that changes everything. Yep. And obviously it becomes a track meet. Ole Miss is going to run him out of a, or blow him out of the water. Yep. Because that's not what Baylor's good at. I am... I'm, I'm going to go with Ole Miss, though. I think Ole Miss wins. I'd go like high teens confidence. I will stick with Ole Miss as well. Uh, again, the, the Matt Corral deal is just something that, that you have to think about here. I will go 19 confidence points with Ole Miss, though. Uh, that does it here. I really hope we don't have any more uh, bowl games get canceled, so it should be a fun week here. Uh, again, Happy New Year to you. Uh, is there anything else that we need to get to before we say so long for the final time in 2021? Trying to run through my head quick. I don't know if I can think of anything. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they we don't get a whole other slew of cancellations. I do actually have one thing here. I mentioned this to Travis a couple weeks ago, and I, I meant to bring it up to you earlier. Uh, but I forgot. So, uh, Kelsey, Noah, and I go. We go to church on Wednesday nights. Our church has Wednesday services, and so on the first of. December, Do they also have it on Sunday, and you just choose to go on Wednesdays? Correct. Yep, we gotcha. just choose to go on Wednesday. My parents do that a lot too. Uh, so we went to church here. This was on the first of December, and you know, it's, it's a lot of youth are there because they do a lot of like you know, like. Sunday school stuff on Wednesdays and whatnot, and it's more of like a youth-led worship, uh, which is fine. But uh, so there are a lot more youth there. But two things really stuck out or stuck out to me on this particular night. Um, there were two youth that were wearing universities that were not from around Minnesota. They were both D1 schools, but just very obscure universities for the area. In my opinion, do you care to venture a guess as to either of the schools that I saw? You said Division One schools. Do Correct. they both play football? They do. Are they both Power Five schools? One is, one is not. Is the one that is a Power Five school is it Oregon? It is not. Uh, but you have the right starting letter. Is it? Oklahoma State? It is not, but you're getting closer, a little further east. Is it Ole Miss? It is Ole Miss. An Ole Miss sweatshirt. It's... Ole Miss is very surprising, unless, like, he or she has a, a relative that went there. It, is a, it, was a, it was a he. I have no idea why he got it. But this, I and maybe, I don't know, maybe he's a Lane Kiffin fan. I, I mean, there, there's no real notable Ole Miss alums. I have no idea. Maybe he's a fan of the blind side. I mean, it's I, worth noting that, you know, if it's a boy, 
he could have also just like googled like what what college has the hottest girls and it said old miss and he was like oh i'm going to old miss now and maybe, I'm wear all the old miss stuff. maybe. And this one i don't a- think that's the case but it's worth noting that that with with a boy that's a distinct possibility P- potentially this one was a hooded sweatshirt so i mean that it looked very you know sleek and what not has i mean for crying out loud i have a houston texans jersey and i have no idea why the hell i asked for it so you know what maybe this kid was having a the the personality crisis or something he didn't know he just went with old miss i can't say for sh- for certain the other one maybe though, he's just a rebel and he saw that they're the rebels uh-huh, so it's like uh-huh. oh great that's what i want that's very good that's very possible the other one here this was just like a regular sweatshirt it just caught me off guard this this other one very obscure. It is a non-Power 5 school. So care to venture guesses to the other one. They do play football, though? They do, yes. Do they, is it an, do they play FBS football? Yes, they do. Yep. Okay, so that takes out my Georgetown guess. I, uh... Let's see. What would be an obscure one not from this... Is it like... Is it Old Dominion? It is not a uh, little. Uh, let's go west. L- little, you have to go west of Old Dominion, which basically is means it, the, the whole country. Then <laughs> is it Miami of Ohio? It is not, but you are very, very close. You are in the right state. Is it Kent State? It is Kent State. Ding, ding, ding! A Kent wow. State sweatshirt. Charlie, I, I have no idea. I've. It was just. The most bizarre thing, I have no idea. And Kent State one's even weirder than the old Miss yes. one before I think about it. Yes. Even though it's closer, it's weirder. I, again, you said it was a girl? It was a girl. I, I Maybe it's an Unless alum. she had a relative that went there. If you got a relative that went there, fine. And it, Aside from that, that's very strange. It, so. And it could have been. And granted, it was championship week. Kent State was in the MAC championship game. So maybe it, was, I, it had to have been a parent. Like that, that's an alum. I have no idea. Maybe or maybe they just found that she just found this at a like a thrift store or a garage sale or something. I mean, it was it looked like it was in decent shape, but it's just very that's true. Cool. I didn't think of it that way. That's a good point, though. I do remember kids at my school that would go to the Goodwill just to try to find like weird clothes yeah. to yeah. be like, "Wow, look at this obscure thing that I found." Yeah, so. I just, but just Kent State and Ole Miss at a church on a Wednesday night. In the in the, the December in Minnesota, it just also very, side note. Uh, what parents are letting their kids wear uh, clothes with printing on them to church? I they don't have button up shirts they can wear. Well, they, you know, we don't wear we don't do that. It's it's Wednesday. We don't need to wear. We don't need to dress up like that right now, right? I don't mean like dress up like tie. I, yeah. I don't even mean like full button up shirt. I just mean like with a few buttons on it. No, I, I, I like mean, a Henley or something. Maybe if it was on a Sunday, yeah. This is more casual and laid back, as All evidenced right, by the fair. fact that we have an Ole Miss sweatshirt. It's just weird. Yeah. Just just bizarre. So that's that's the fun or unique fact i guess i have uh, but anything else uh, before we say so long for the final uh time in 2021 uh yes the only other thing to add to your story what power five and group of five school shirts could you have seen that would have been weirder than those two mm. you need one power five and one group 
Uh, I'll give you my two first. This okay. is I've not like thought deeply about this. I've just thought what would really be weak. Yep. And I think Oregon State and Old Dominion would be the two weirdest where you'd just be like, what? Why? Okay, Oregon State was on. I was thinking them. I thought maybe Washington State as well, but I will go Vanderbilt. Ooh, Vanderbilt's a good one too. And San Jose State. That's also a good one. You and I both did the same thing where we went like close to the eastern seaboard and then a west coast. Yeah. We just did it. I went my big school out west, and you went your big school on the east. Yeah, you could get any of them. It was just it's so bizarre. You could go with a, a number of different areas. Hell, we could go UTEP or, uh, uh, I mean, I, I have no idea. Just 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 flat out bizarre. But, I, Charlie, I wish you a very happy new year. I hope you can celebrate. I, can, I hope you can knock down a few cold ones. Ring in the new year strong, and, and we will talk to you next year uh, to with some reaction. That's right. College. I used to love saying that to people when I was in elementary school. So yeah, I'd yeah. see you next year at the yeah. end of uh, before Christmas break and New Year. So I appreciate that you're bringing that back. Absolutely, I would. I can't think I would ever not do it. But uh, to you and yours, a happy new year. We'll talk to you next year, next week. Uh, with some college football playoff reaction, and uh, we'll preview the national championship game. Sounds good. Thanks for having me out, buddy. You're very welcome. Thank you again, my friend. Charlie Hildebrand here, kind enough to spend some time with us. Great stuff, as always. So uh, the official picks will be available in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. I think we're going to rearrange a few of them here, but... As of now, that's where we stand. So the college football bowl season continues to go on in full force. We will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at Week 16 in the NFL and make some picks for Week 17. That's coming up here as we wrap up this week's edition and the last edition of the, the Sports Block Podcast here in 2021. That's all coming up here. Sports Block Podcast, the final episode of 2021. All right, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. By the way, follow Charlie on Hildebrand or Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at CE Hildebrand. But we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, the final Sports Block Podcast episode of 2021. Look back at Week 16 in the NFL, make some picks for Week 17. It began Thursday night football, and yeah, I just didn't think that the Tennessee Titans were going to have enough offense to beat. Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco, you know, Debo Samuel, the San Francisco 49ers. Samuel and George Kittle were playing really well. And they jumped out to a 10-0 lead at the half. Probably should have been more. The Titans hung around. They made some adjustments. A.J. Brown in the second half went off. The wide receiver for the Titans was fantastic. 141 yards receiving. And the Titans kick a game-winning field goal here at the end and win 20-17 over San Francisco a big time win for the Titans. Then uh, Christmas Day doubleheader. Packers beat the Browns 24-22. Aaron Rodgers uh, threw a touchdown in the first quarter to surpass Brett Favre's all-time franchise uh, record of 442 touchdowns. Rodgers had 443 at that point. He would tack on two more. The the Packers needed to needed a holding pen, needed to hold on to Donovan Peoples Jones of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, to win this game, though, the refs missed a blatant pass interference penalty. The Browns could have gotten in a better field goal range and would have 
potentially won. They don't. Baker Mayfield throws four interceptions, and the Packers get the 24-22 win. Then to cap it off Christmas night, the Indianapolis Colts go into the desert and beat the Arizona Cardinals 22-16. Jonathan Taylor had over 100 yards rushing, but wasn't a huge impact. Carson Wentz had a fantastic touchdown uh, pass in this one here to really seal the deal late uh, to put the the Colts up by nine. Uh, Cardinals offense didn't have James Conner. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. They look a little lost and... They've now lost three in a row and need to figure it out in a hurry. Sunday then, again, the, uh, the L.A. Rams beat the Minnesota Vikings 30-23. to uh, Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 101 yards in this one. He had a, another solid outing, but this was really the running game of Sony Michelle that was the big impact for the Rams. Kept the Vikings defense off balance. The Vikings defense did pick Matthew Stafford off three times, but... Uh, they gave up a special teams touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, and the Rams ultimately prevail 30-23. to The Joe Burrow had himself a day for the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals quarterback threw for 525 yards and four touchdowns as the Bengals route the Ravens 41-21. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh didn't appreciate all of the passing that the, Raven, that the Bengals were doing late, but you know what? This is a guy who went for a... Uh, and, a rush against the Denver Broncos late in the game with the game in hand to give the Ravens over 100 yards rushing for at that time was like the 41st consecutive game or whatever. Uh, they were on pace to tie the record or break it. They wouldn't end up getting it, but uh, he has no right to say that, so he could shut up. Uh, the stunner of the day took place in Houston, where the Houston Texans, with 20-some guys on COVID, including leading wide receiver Brandon Cooks, stunned the L.A. Chargers 41-29. Justin Herbert and company did not look very good in this one. Uh, the it, it was just bad. Very, very bad um, for the Chargers in their playoff chances have taken a massive hit Atlanta Falcons beat the Detroit Lions 20 to 16 they had to get a, an interception late a goal line interception for them to take down the Lions this is not a very convincing win by the Falcons at all Matt Ryan and company didn't do very good offensively in Atlanta lucky to get the win uh, the New York Jets Zach Wilson, it was a battle of uh, the top two overall picks in the 2021 NFL Draft. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Number two, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson gets a 52-yard touchdown rush to get the Jets up uh, early in this game after trailing 3 to nothing, uh, And they would prevail 26-21. They withstood a goal line stand by the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence inexplicably uh, spiked a ball when he shouldn't have and then incomplete pass on fourth down. And that would be how that would end with the Jets beating the Jaguars 26-21. No Chris Godwin, no Mike Evans, no Leonard Fournette, no problem. Just rely on Ronald Jones and Antonio Brown come, coming back. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers route the Carolina Panthers 32-6. Carolina has some weird thing going on where they uh, rotate Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. Not even just like drive or series after series but within the drive itself it's really really bizarre really weird um but it didn't really matter buccaneers win 32 to 6 
Buffalo Bills didn't have to deal with 50 mile an hour winds against the Patriots this time, and it showed Josh Allen had a fantastic day. They really made Mac Jones's life difficult for the Patriots. Damian Harris did have over 100 yards and three touchdowns, but it wasn't enough as the Bills crushed the Patriots 33 to 21 to take a hold of first place in the AFC East. Philadelphia Eagles started out slow against the New York Giants, which they shouldn't have because Jake Fromm from State Farm. No, he's not from State Farm. I'm joking. He's from Georgia. Uh, got the start at quarterback. He was so bad in this one that the Giants had to go to Mike Glennon. Uh, but the Eagles win easily 34-10. to It was a snow game in Seattle. Fun, fun pictures. Fun to watch this game. And the Bears, Chicago Bears showing a little fight, a little life. They get the 25-24 win over Seattle. They score a touchdown late and a fantastic two-point conversion catch by Demarius Bird. A throw from Nick Foles. It's fantastic. The Bears get the win 25-24. Issues abound in Seattle. Kansas City Chiefs route the Pittsburgh Steelers 36-10. Once again, a bad first half for the Steelers, and really they were bad throughout this entire game. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, solid game. The defense played great. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a fantastic run, slipping off two defenders, getting a, a touchdown. So the, the Chiefs clinch the AFC West. They win 36-10. to And the Las Vegas Raiders come back uh, the, and Despite having three turnovers, they beat the Denver Broncos 17-13. So a good win for the Raiders to improve to 8-7. Sunday night football, the Dallas Cowboys route Washington football team 56-14. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense looked absolutely amazing in this one. And the only fight that the Washington football team showed was a, a little skirmish on the bench on the sideline where Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen... Um, got you know kind of threw some punches and stuff wasn't very good there and uh, COVID-19 issues really wreaking havoc on the New Orleans Saints they were down 20 some players they had to start rookie quarterback Ian Book and it showed as the Miami Dolphins get a pick six on the Saints first drive of the game Dolphins would ultimately win 20 to three on Monday Night Football and that does it for week 16 we move to week 17 no more Thursday night football games anymore. It's all Sunday and Monday uh, here moving forward. I think maybe ESPN's doing a doubleheader or something that Saturday. Who knows? But it begins on Sunday with the LA Rams at the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. The Ravens decimated by all these injuries. It's it's not getting better. The Rams are going to win. Cooper Cup monster day ahead of him and i need him for my fantasy championship i'm in the fantasy championship so that's big um ravens win big kansas city chiefs at the cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m eastern noon central time on cbs what a win for the Bengals last week the chiefs though playing great what have won now eight games in a row it's it's tough to pick against the chiefs right now i think the Bengals can do it but give me the chiefs to win this one Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. The Eagles right now in the driver's seat for first or for the, the spot in the playoffs, so the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs. Washington has looked bad the last couple of weeks. That continues here. I know COVID's wreaked havoc on them, but give me uh 
give me Philadelphia here. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I was going to take the Colts in this game easily, and now we don't know the status of Carson Wentz. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but if uh, if Carson Wentz plays, Colts win. If he doesn't, and I don't think he will, the Raiders win. I'm going to take the Raiders right now because I don't think Carson will play. Atlanta Falcons at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I can't believe that the Falcons have actually won seven games. They have the same record as the Minnesota Vikings, which is just amazing uh, when you think about it because they're not very good, and they will get exposed by the Buffalo Bills big time. Give me the Bills in this one to rout the Falcons. New York Giants at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. What a garbage game this is. But the Bears are playing with a little more heart than the Giants right now. Who knows what, what's going on with the Giants. Uh, give me the Bears in this one to get the win. Jacksonville Jaguars at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Does the season feel like it's kind of falling apart for the Patriots right now after two straight losses? Uh, yeah, potentially. But they are going to get... Uh, they're going to bounce back here. They're going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Patriots win easily. Miami Dolphins at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Dolphins have won seven games in a row. Do I hear eight? No, I do not. The Tennessee Titans keep that momentum from last Thursday going. I like the Titans to get the big win over the Miami Dolphins here. The Titans defense too good, and I think their offense does enough at home. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Mike Evans likely not going to play in this one because he's on the COVID list. Uh, Chris Godwin is out. Well, you know what? You have Antonio Brown, and you still have the GOAT, Tom Brady. And he has destroyed the Jets many a time before, and that will continue. Give me the, the Bucks over the Jets. Denver Broncos at the LA Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Austin Eckler should be back uh, in this one for, uh, the, for the Chargers, which should help. But we don't know for sure. Uh, I mean, and after that loss to Houston last week, we can't take anything for granted, but we'll take the Chargers to get the win over Denver here just for fun. And then the Houston Texans at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Doesn't sound like Jimmy Grapple will be able to play. He's got a thumb injury, so that's not good at all. Let the... But that 40, the 49ers are a better team. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, they will make Trey Lance's day easy. And we'll take San Francisco to get the win here. Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Would love to see the Cardinals get the bounce back win here. Kyler Murray, I don't think he loses in Texas. He's probably going to lose in this one because the Cardinals haven't found themselves... Let's let's see what you can do, Arizona. Let's see what you can do against Dallas. Uh, prove it. It's a prove-it game. I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. Uh, well, the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I just don't trust the Saints right now in their quarterback situation. We don't know, is it going to be Taysom Hill? Is it going to be Trevor Simeon? Is Ian Book going to have to get another start? But at the same time, how can you trust the Panthers? So at home, I'll take the Saints over the Panthers. Then the Detroit Lions at the Seattle Seahawks, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. 
this is a, a must win for Seattle, I think, just to even consider if Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are going to be able to coexist and return next year. Who knows at this point? Uh, yeah, we're going to take Seattle here, but Detroit could easily win this game. Sunday Night Football then, the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. It's going to be cold. Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine. The the Vikings fighting for their playoff lives. they got to come up with a win here. Desperate team, it won't matter. Packers get the win at home and, and close the season 8-0 at home. I like the Packers. And then Monday Night Football, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. It is an elimination game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The loser is eliminated. The Browns control their own destiny. If they win the final two games here of the season, they win the AFC North. Crazy as that sounds, I, I just don't trust what Pittsburgh's doing. So give me the Browns here in a low-scoring affair. They lost earlier to the Steelers in Cleveland. They get revenge tonight. And those are your Week 17 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com in our Football Friday post. Again, uh, shorter podcast this week. It is our last one of 2021. We will be back for 2022 next week. So definitely find us on podcast.com. Download the download the podcast, and we we hope you do. And we're we're thankful that you tune in each and every week. And hopefully everyone has a safe and happy New Year. Uh, with that being said, you know again our top story the the fact that John Madden, the NFL icon, the legend. Uh, head coaching legend, broadcasting legend, video game entrepreneur legend has passed away at the age of 85. Apparently it was a little unexpected. So our thoughts and prayers are with everyone uh, in the Madden family, the NFL in general, just to football fans everywhere. This is a big loss. Um, just with the impact that Madden had on the game and on and on so many of our lives. So thoughts and prayers again to everyone uh, close to John Madden here. It's a a tough time. COVID-19 wreaking havoc on the sports world. We'll see if college basketball can kind of get going again. We'll see how many more bowl games are canceled. Hopefully not. But you just, uh, you heard Charlie and my picks there. So, um, you know, how did we do? Find out. And, uh, yeah, so Travis will be back next week. We'll get Charlie on next week. So the podcast can be found on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Charlie on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very happy new year. Hopefully you all had a very Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition, hopefully a happier edition of the Sports Block Podcast the first edition of 2022 have a great new year here's to 2021 being done and we'll talk to you next week in a new year in a new week on the sports block podcast